Hello, welcome to Circuit and Gear. This is a podcast where we talk about scenic technology, automation, and other interesting tech. I'm Gareth Connor. I'm Christian Bassey. I'm Cody Green. And I'm Mike Wade. Woo, Mike, good to have you back, man. It's great to be back. It's great to be back here in Rhode Island. It's been the first time in a while. And yeah, many months, many, many months. And and I avoided the plague at my home. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, good COVID times. Speaking of which, Cody, you're recently recovered from some COVID, right? I, yeah, yeah, I did. I, my last shop visit uh, a couple weeks ago, right before the, the new year, I think on the train down back home, headed for Christmas, uh, caught it, caught the Rona. Ugh. But feeling better now, feeling good now. Excellente. Well, tonight we've got a whole lineup of uh, turntable talk. Welcome to turntable talk. Nobody does those anymore. <laughs> Nobody does turntables. That's right. They're dead. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> See something spin? No, thank you. Yeah, so it's been a crazy fall on turntables. And Mike, you specifically were like, hey, man, we should do an episode about turntables because we have gotten just nothing but turntables and turntable problems and it'd be good to talk through it and talk about like some of the foibles and then also some of the ways for folks who are approaching turntable time things to consider i imagine right like some stuff to watch out for yeah it's i mean just looking at the list right there's eight turntables that kind of came around and almost all of them ended in tears right like (laughs) there were shows but they were they were floating on a bed (laughs) of technician and artistic tears um and yeah it was it was kind of crazy <laughs> lubricated <laughs> lubricated by tears yeah exactly it's not on the drive wheel yeah just not on the drive wheel oh no um yeah it's uh yeah so it's kind of it was it was definitely a crazy fall and i, I think like this summer we kind of talked about we had touched on the idea of like what did we think the fall was going to be and i was like i think there's going to be a lot of people who are coming back and there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of trouble and and i didn't expect it was going to be so much trouble with turntables but here we are um yeah so it's kind of crazy to see how many how many people were using turntables and how many people were bumping into very similar well maybe not very similar but but certainly like adjacent challenges if not the same ones yeah some themes some themes have emerged right a couple themes maybe a theme or two couple yeah yeah positioning wheel tension right yeah like (laughs) the classics the classics yeah yeah so i think i mean just to jump into it i think uh the last episode or episode before christian christian talked about the that big giant donut and right and so you want to just recap what that was, and then we can bump into the other ones, even though it's out of order. Uh, sure. It was the uh, it was a forty foot, forty two feet, right around there, uh, donut for a game show that uh, had a couple problems. It uh, <laughs> it had difficulty uh, keeping position, so you know, running over the seams and the turntable, it would uh, lose position, so it would lose counts, and it had a uh, trouble remembering where it was at so it had to constantly be uh updating its position so telling it where it was at was you know kind of the big one and then also uh had to uh, add a second motor and overspeed it to be able to get it to move fast enough because it was big and heavy 
two great tastes that go great together. <laughs> and because, right, didn't we, at the beginning of that, we had said it was so, it was a large one, and we suggested that they could gear down with the chain stage to get the yes. torque and then yep. and then overspeed it to get back, right, which is not such a big deal. Right. Um, but then... But then we were talking about like how much is this thing going to weigh and how much is all the stuff that's going to be on it. And we're like, oh, you guys need two revolvers on there, right? And then it was also the weirdness where it was a donut and it was like two inches too short to be able to fit a stock revolver in there. So they had to do some modifications to the revolver to be able to get it to fit. So it was a whole process adding the second revolver. Oh wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that that we had to chop and. Yeah, they were they had to cut down the fan and turn down the the uh the shaft on the encoder or not on the encoder but on the motor to get mm. it to fit and yeah, it wasn't a simple drop in. <laughs> no. And those were those were V1s, yeah. Yeah. Uh yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm pretty sure I called you Mike when I was there and I was like, I don't want to tell them they need a second one, but I think they need a second one. Because they're going to need to do all this work to it to get it to fit. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that kind of went with like, oh yeah, we need a second one. And I picked up the phone and called. Yeah, like, you guys need to get a second one in there. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially <Yeah>. consult three. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a third one? Yeah. Right, but I mean, I think just you know to kind of get back to like the meat of it, right? That we were trying to position off of. What turned out to be a pretty a pretty rough drive edge. There's some pretty big gaps between the yeah. between the panels. Yeah, the seams weren't in the same uh, weren't in plane with each other, and so there was some big bumps that it would go over at high speed. Yeah, that was that was excellent. I think I just came across a picture that you you pinged me of the of the drive wheel with like big giant chunks <laughs> ripped out of it. There was also that. Yeah. So poor drive edge. <laughs> Hard, a hard drive edge, a hard thing to encode off of, not enough power, not fast enough. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's quite a few problems. And I think kind of the big three, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all, yes. I mean, it was, yeah, you kind of nailed every single one of them, right? Is like, yeah, we're like, you know, start talking about it. And you, I think in the shop, when you guys, when you went out there for the shop setup, you guys got it running pretty well and then and then they threw the then they dropped the bomb that it was like you know eight or nine thousand pounds worth of equipment going on top of it right well and they didn't quite have an exact number because it's hard to know yeah so you know eight or nine or fifteen thousand who knows but right yeah it's a multiple uh, of eight it's a multiple it's a multiple of eight we just don't know how many eight ten yes um but then, uh, so then, Christian, in the end, you guys had to do a couple of things just to kind of get through the show, right? To like get there. Yeah. Like the, I mean, you touched on a couple of it, like the positioning, but there were some other things too, right? Right. So uh, we ended up, we were able to, in the shop, we were able to run it with the uh, board on position air on. But then once we actually got in the space and all the actual weight was on it, uh, we found out we had to turn that off pretty quickly because, uh, it, it couldn't get up to speed with it on. Yeah, yeah, right. It'll like, can't we tune that out? Absolutely not. <laughs> right, because also like watching the drive, it was you know as it was accelerating, you know as it was approaching its top speed, it was uh, doing the OL, not the fault, but the warning, which happens before the fault. 
for overloading the drive. Right, because we were because we were rocking out two revolvers off of a like a stagehand classic, right? An AC, right, and overspeeding, and overspeeding. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. The two motors to the single drive with at overspeed and those hard startup torques, like with no external like overload monitoring. That's that's a pretty tough thing to do because <laughs> you just get kind of crazy uh, peaks that can trip those overloads. Yeah. For sure, like yeah. Usually, you'd want to turn that off, right, and then just get a thermals on each motor. If you had, you know, if you were not doing it right. all last second, yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. So it was, yeah. So I mean, it was ultimately in the end, though, we got it there and we at least ran right, but we were, you know, <laughs> running it maybe not in the most optimal path, right? Because the other thing too, right, was the encoding, uh, the position, the trouble positioning it where. You know, we ended up uh, put uh, tape marks around the outside of the uh, of the turntable and or the donut, and then we ended up having a camera shot pointed where our zero was, and so every time the tape got close, we knew what the actual degree it was supposed to be at, and so we could update it as we were going to keep it uh, close to right. Oh, wow. I mean, I think that's you know, I mean, that's a that's a pretty solid path of you know how to how to address those challenges right like give yourself some tape marks know where zero should be or where you know plus or minus like up to i don't know five degrees is so that you can get it there and reset it yeah some some good ad hoc triage you know when when tearing it out and getting a better thing isn't the option you know trudging your way forward that's that's pretty pretty sweet and then i think also the other thing that really helped was again i think it was a phone call to you mike where it was uh uh, getting the position scale and i was doing like one two revolutions and you're like okay and now go ahead and do 40 and <laughs> and then do it yeah i think that was quickly followed up by like did you say 40 <laughs> yeah four zero <laughs> i did if you ask me again it's going to be 80 <laughs> yeah but then so between that and the you know being able to see it while it was being able to see it as it was happening, uh, we we were able to make it work pretty well. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I mean, you know, at least we got there, right? And I think, you know, in the end, we just had to kind of pull out some of the stops, like as you said, Cody, right? Like, how do we how do we address it in the moment to get through the to get through the show if we can't if we don't have the time or we're you know struggling too far against it? Like, what can we do? Some good paths. Um, we had another one, another one that I ended up having to go out. I ended up going out to help, you know, troubleshoot because um, we went all like, I mean, we were like kind of all over the place one week with somebody out in, when Zepp was out in Wisconsin or something and, and Rada was in uh, Minnesota and I was in, in Atlanta looking at this like 32 foot turntable that we're having some pretty serious challenges with just running we were getting having problems with running it's running smoothly its positioning was a little weird um we had gone through like at the beginning we had you know it all seemed like things were going great because we started talking about it this summer and you know got two revolvers on the turntable and we're like 32 foot diameter turntable two revolvers no problem right like this is excellent running off of a single drive and um and then and then uh, in the shop it was great and I think this was, you know, similar to what you bumped into, Christian, you know, 
it worked fine there. Everything was working yeah. wonderful. And we got into the theater. And they put all the scenery on it. Yeah, because it's not it's not crazy. No, like that. Those specs off the cuff, like don't seem terrible. Thirty two feet, two revolvers. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you know, thirty two feet with one revolver is oftentimes totally fine. And then you know, and then as we get in, like as we got further and further into it, more and more scenery on it, it was like there were other problems that we were running into. And like, um, I think in all the steps that we took with that is we, sh we, we swapped out the eight inch drive wheel on the revolver for a six for six inch drive wheels. So we could, you know, get a little more, get a little more on there on the edge of the, on the edge of the turntable. Yeah. A little more torque, a little more torque. Um, and then, uh, and that helped with the movement, with the motion. It helped at least get things started. But then they were having some real problems with um, with motor tuning. And it turned out that they had two different generation revolvers in there. One of them with a ten thousand PPR encoder, and the other one with a five thousand uh, on the dancer wheel. And we swapped from the ten thousand to the five thousand, and all of a sudden we were able to like get you know tune the turntable, you know the tuning we could get more than one on the p gain and it wouldn't start you know freaking out as it was moving around um yeah that was the other thing is the like your the lower resolution encoder does better it it makes some things a lot better right like you know the higher should is generally good but man like maybe maybe we went a little too high it's a little too sensitive at that point like the, the there's if you're if the motion loop is trying to adjust too aggressively uh to compensate for little ticks of a position error better to have a little less position error in the in the mix yeah it's something it's like a little unintuitive but it makes sense like when it's blown up on that large scale of, a, of like you know a 32 foot diameter turntable of you know really how many counts and how much how much can that motor really be adjusted to try and affect any sort of change yeah it's kind of a kind of a wacky it's kind of a wacky test but we got there and you know so we got it moving but then but then they kept having like you know every step was like one more challenge and one more problem and another thing and another thing and we finally like finally got down there to see what was going on and we were i think we were struggling on a whole bunch of you know there were a bunch of challenges and i think like the first one being that at the beginning when they started writing cues well, the, so the turntable, first off, the turntable was a frameless turntable. So a couple sheets of plywood bolted together, um, sitting on, you know, a bunch of casters underneath. And um, was that wheels up or wheels down? It was wheels up, oh. wheels up. And um, and they had a decent center on it, right? Like it's a good center, like an Igus slew bearing in the middle. So it was, you know, an Igus bearing in the middle, which we love. And, um, you know, and, and it was like some decent, like it was some big scenery, but it wasn't outrageous scenery but um but as they had started the process in queuing they have they were having so many challenges with smooth motion and all this that they started trying to queue out this motion by like elongating the ramp times and so you know which is also more challenging the slower the start the slower the the finish is you know a little harder to do um and so we you know i walked in we got into the space and i was like okay well you know here's this like whatever 12 second ramp time and i was like why don't we make that six like, like well i don't know if it's gonna work let's give it a try you know <laughs> and and it worked um and you know but uh 
but then we were getting to the end of these these long cue moves and we were you know even just taking the show cues that they had in there these nice smooth ramp times up and they were getting to the end and they were stopping very abruptly and it was like oh i think you guys are trying to go too fast like you're you're trying to you know it's going too fast they were like you know, and there was a lot of back and forth and talk about what was going on. And sure enough, we were pegging out just at 60 hertz on the drive. And so, you know, we couldn't, the, whatever the program speed was in Spike Mark, it was just like just a little too fast. You know, what would be awesome there is uh, motion analysis. Right. I was just on? thinking that on the uh, brand new Spike Mark 5.0.3 and the so uh, updated good firmware 302, 402. 202 for the firmwares you need uh yeah get your copy now yeah yeah we're unfortunately on you know a classic run in this right um but um that does pre present some challenges but yeah you just uh <laughs> grab yourself a new stagehand yeah <laughs> yeah bam bam you're done and uh yeah so you know so we just oversped the drive a little bit you know just like just gave it out there so that we could get up to like 60 i don't know what a 65 or something and and those cues all of a sudden all of them smoothed right out at the end so they all came to their stop where they were supposed to but but it didn't i think we were still like kind of struggling with some underlying challenges with the turntable itself and i think this is like you know kind of a through line with most of these where you know the turntable isn't divorced from the motor right like kind of the the whole mechanism is a machine it's not just the motor that's the machine and so you know we get these you know if there's some friction in the system if the casters are too soft or if there's you know whatever some waviness going on like all of this is going to affect the motion it's going to negatively affect it um and so in the end we got it there to kind of make it run and they got it to you know they got through the show run but it wasn't you know it wasn't perfect right it was like there were still some big challenges to overcome and it was kind of crazy that we you know got into this place like with this particular one where we had two motors we had two revolvers so we had like 10 horsepower stuffed onto this turntable and we pulled out like almost all the stops by dropping on smaller drive wheels and we were still like just on the hairy edge of it actually working it was like oof there's some there's some friction going on in there and we should Right, because that's a lot of horsepower. I mean, that's not that's not nothing to be trying to spin that thing. So if you, yeah, you got a lot of drag on it at that point if you can't get that thing moving. Because it was like you said, it was big scenery, but it wasn't tremendous. Like it wasn't un wasn't uh eyebrow raisingly large scenery. No, no, that one's down the line a little. No, yeah, no, <laughs> I got some eyebrow raising for you. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, so it's kind of it's kind of this. It was this challenge to like get through the tuning and the cueing, you know, get through the cueing, the tuning, and then to try and identify the what was, you know, maybe what was closer to the root of the problem, you know, or the root of the challenges that we were up against. Um, and then, uh, I mean, up next in uh, Rada was out in Minnesota for like, I don't know, how long was he gone? I think he lives there now, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He just has a condo up there, a winter condo. Um, a second a second home yes. yeah exactly second plane as well <laughs> <laughs> well he's not gonna just have one he's not a farmer yeah yeah, yeah you gotta have two i mean what if one breaks down <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh he was out there for the 
at least a month. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was a long time. And then Sep ended up getting out there too for a little bit. Oh my gosh. And there is, that was, that was a long and that was a long involved adventure as well. But there was a donut and a turntable in that one that he struggled with. I mean, I think I can't count the number of times that I woke up in the morning to look at base camp and to find yet another set of pictures of him with the standing next to the entire deck around this donut ripped up yeah. and upside down. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, like, that's, that's not good. <laughs> oh, 3am on that timestamp. That sounds yeah. lovely. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, and they had a donut and a turntable in their new version of Christmas Carol. And they were just like, they were struggling hard with motion, with positioning, with, I mean, with everything. Right. And, um, you know, and, and they ended up, I mean, I only am joking a little bit about the number of photos and times that Rada had, you know, the deck ripped up around him, but like they ended up like, they found a bunch of broken casters, I think in there, like on the turntable or the donut. Right. Wasn't it some of the lateral ones that were, I can't remember exactly. Um, but they, you know, none of the, like all of these caster, all of these busted things and like this giant donut and this giant turntable turned out to, you know, really, really have a negative impact on the positioning and the motion and the tuning for these things, which, you know, just got like, which I think brought around to, you know, Rada ripping the turntable up, you know, like every other night trying to find the next broken thing. Right. It certainly seemed that way, right? It was like they would they'd run it, break a thing, tear it apart, run it, break a thing, tear it apart. Yeah. They were playing whack-a-mole with problems, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, get, make this thing stronger, fix this thing, and you'll find where the next thing breaks. Yeah. It was rough. And then at some point, we learned that, right, they had tied together the donut. They had physically tied together the donut and the turntable. Yeah, that was pretty tough right like because that and unfortunately that didn't kind of filter back to the home office until pretty late in the game and there's because they have the donut and they have the turntable and they have a queue where there's a piece of scenery that's straddling the two and they'd actually pinned between the two and the donut and turntable i mean they they're you know doing a grouped move but it you know they would fight a little bit at the beginning and if um if there was no give in that connection, they would fault. And it's like, oh, Jesus, maybe don't do that. You know, like what's like, you just need this to visually look like it's together. And these two machines are not super precise. So maybe like pin it only on the ring or pin it only on the turntable. And then it's got wheels anyway. So let the other things slip past a little bit. And you're not talking about a mu much, you know, like an eighth of an inch here and there of just letting it skitter past and it would look it wouldn't affect the the aesthetic at all and then it would just let the machine relax a little bit you know seems to me right don't have competing control loops trying to like f force themselves into right 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 which obviously you know like at some point you're you may have to do that if you're doing something that really needs to sync like that but here's a situation where it's like well you don't really need it. i mean you're like aesthetically synced it doesn't mm -hmm. there there is no mechanical benefit to have these things being tied together like that it's like you just want it to look like they're moving as one turntable that's fine we can make it look like it moves as one turntable without actually uh, rigidly fixing them together yeah i think a few years ago like just a little tangent on turntables right we were i was somewhere with two we had two revolvers at the drury lane i think and that was like we had two revolvers and we had group motion 
and all we were successfully doing was just like grinding down the drive wheels because the two revolvers had slightly different position scales and they were going at slightly different speeds because they you know like each encoder was doing different things and and those didn't work either and that's when we ended up twofering them onto a stagehand and then everything was great kind of like you know like doing those two trying to get two machines running together is just you know on a turntable i wouldn't sell it short like if you're really trying yeah. to take one of those friction wheels and make it a little bit smaller it's not a it's not the worst way to do it so you know? big, like belt sanders actually. yeah <laughs> yeah because we had grip tape on the end and everything yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah but uh yeah because ultimately like they they are still two independent loops and so like group motion is really just sending two independent loops down to two independent controllers and trying to keep them on track and if if they are really tightly tuned that's going to work out but like revolvers are never really tightly tuned i mean you get a dancer wheel bounce it around on a you know some sort of sweep on the edge of a turntable and you know it's not these are not like uh both driving a precise ball screw actuator you know it's not that kind of a machine what are you talking about well i mean some of them are obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> the ones where they've actually taken a ball screw and yeah so but you know in the end i think you know ultimately right like the on that that one we got it you know we got everything after a bunch of mechanical work to make that donut to get that donut in the turntable spinning freer and better you know once that was done and you know and making the adjustment to not actually tie like physically tying those the two pieces together the rest of the effect worked you know, pretty solidly for the run of the show. So, yeah. you know, and yeah. we're able to run it with a Bort on position error turned on. Right, right, right. It wasn't really a success in the end. It just, uh, like you said, it was all a hard road. It was kind of crazy, the number of hours you put in trying to get that. Uh, I mean, th that wasn't just that one effect, but yeah. No. It was a brutal, yeah. brutal time. <laughs> and then um, I think up next on the crazy line was uh, on the on the turntable path here is like, we had another donut and a turntable out there. And I think, um, you know, they had several effects on their Christmas Carol, but this donut and turntable were one of them. And they were having serious problems. Turntables faulting or the donuts faulting, the motion's poor. They can't quite get everything together. And it's like chain drives and custom machines. And, um, you know, and, and I was like, I think I was on the phone with one of them as they were standing on the donut as it was spinning around. I was like, you know, it sounds like the like all the words that you're using to describe what's going on before this moment was like you're there's like there's some massive friction somewhere, and you're just like just rubbing like whatever the you know you're two two pieces that are rolling past each other, and they're just getting stuck or trying to get stuck and maybe not quite getting there. And um, and he's like, no, no, you know, everything's smooth. It worry, it's smooth like butter. It's like it doesn't sound like it's smooth like you know you're. <laughs> Like you're, you've called us. It doesn't. It's not working. <laughs> Slightly rancid butter. Right? Yeah. Rancid, we don't get yeah. those calls. <laughs> hey, just want to call it. You know, this thing's fucking pisser. It's just pisser. Yeah. It's just working it's just great. great. I thought, oh, high fives all around back home. Yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. are doing. You guys are killing it. And um, and it's like on the phone with him, and he's like, well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of you know a little like it's a little like oscillating. I was like, so yeah, okay, so. Yeah, that sounds so like what it's doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's rubbing is what you're saying. Okay, I get it. I get right. it. Um and that, I mean, we chased down through that and ultimately like 
ultimately, although it wasn't, it wasn't, we didn't solve the mechanical problems of the turntable. They got it to the place where, you know, where it ran smooth enough and it wasn't faulting anymore. Um, and I think maybe we ended up doing a little bit of motor tuning in there to kind of get that, you know, to give it enough oomph to get through those rough spots. But, but, you know, it wasn't, it was a long road. I mean, I think, you know, that whole thing, well, there were many other problems, many other challenges. Yeah, there, there were a lot of challenges all the way on around on that show. But yeah, what was there a smoking gun on that, the donut and turntable thing? I don't really remember. I don't think so because I think we got it going. Uh, it it stopped faulting, and that was the end, right? Like they like that was solved, and then the next, you know, the next highest fire. <laughs> yeah, and then it was like the yeah, it was like the lift and some of the other things. Actually, that I think we talked about last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was chock full. Chock full, chock full. Um, and uh, and and then next up, another you know, another like crazy challenge. I think this was like earlier in the fall. I think this was like in September, maybe. Um, there was uh, somebody who has a revolver down in North Carolina, and then like we just like we were chasing every problem that, and they were like maybe stagehand card problems. And then we finally got to the turntable problems and there was like every possible problem that you could imagine, right? Like the center was maybe not super great. The drive wheel was slipping everywhere. The encoder, the positioning was just abominable. You know, it was like getting to like, it wasn't, it wasn't getting where it needed to be. There were tuning problems. I think we ended up in the end, right? We're like, we got to the point where it's like, we've spent, we spent hours and hours and hours like a day and a half or two days of total hours trying to troubleshoot this on the phone and i finally just reached the end and was like we can't do this anymore we need to send somebody down there right but luckily it was north carolina and we asked jack miller to stop by yeah i think you had the great idea of like asking jack and i i text him he's like sure i could go in yeah Like we happen to know somebody who's pretty darn good with automation and turntables, who's pretty much right next door. Maybe he could come in and take a look. Yeah, yeah. and I think it was like, uh, you know, so he, ident- I think he kind of stepped into the pile of poop with the with the stagehand problems, whatever the card issues were. But then he was there, so it was like we FedExed them a new card, they put it in, and within like an hour, they had the thing spinning. Right. You know, it was like maybe it was two hours, but still it was like whatever number of hours it was, we weren't on the phone anymore. Um, And he helped them like fix up some of the mechanical things and take a look at. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that was huge. Right. Like just actually having somebody in the space to look at the pieces to say like, oh, maybe this next thing. Yeah. And somebody who happens to be like an automation legend. Right. Right. (laughs) Like. (laughs) <laughs> it's like like here's a yeah. guy who's been doing it for you know longer than i've been alive uh, he he could probably help you get a turntable around. yeah yes yeah and sure enough he could yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yep, absolutely <laughs> and it was then he did it did it up yep check yeah yep yeah um so you know i think it's like kind of you know it's interesting to see like you know we like we had, I mean, these are just like, you know, we had the first five here, right? And four of the five all had very similar challenges, right? Like, there were mechanical issues that were causing some trauma. And then all five of them had positioning problems. <clears throat> you know, it's like just getting it to the end. Jeez, man. Um, and we're not even done. Um, we had somebody else call at, that I picked up in, I don't know, like October. And, uh, 
And they were like, hey, I have this revolver. Who the hell are you? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? What? Where did you get this revolver? And like, it finally came around that it was like, they rented it through a scene shop who had rented it from Mystic. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, and they just like, you know, the, they were in great shape and like, it fortunately had enough time, but like they ran into all of these same problems, right? They had a turntable that I think like had some mechanical issues, like challenges as well, right? Like just keeping it centered and spinning around. It spun around pretty well, but like, but they didn't, you know, they, they were like, the revolver was buried on the inside of the turntable, not on the outside. <laughs> and so we finally get through all these things. Like, I think this guy called or emailed and was like, hey, I'm trying to run a queue, but it's just, it's just faulting immediately. And I don't think like, I can God. jog it. And thank God he had a board on position turned on because he yeah. didn't have a fucking encoder. <laughs> <laughs> Because they hadn't sent the encoder with it. Yeah. <laughs> it spins faster that like, way. What's like, the extra oh. wheel for? <laughs> that little and, one, I don't think it's going to move at all. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that shaft. It's very small. Yeah, yeah. it's got so. no torque. <laughs> and like... And I think it took like, you know, it took like an hour or so uh, of like back and forth to finally realize that there was no encoder. And I was like, oh my God, man, like I can't even, you know, just the like the heart poundingness of, you know, no encoder and no board on position error turned off. And that fucking thing is just going to go and it's going to go as fast as it can. And it's not going to stop. <laughs> you won't have the problem with it not starting. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, and then like, and in all of the challenges, then they got the encoder and, you know, and they got the encoder and he put it on, but then it was counting backwards because it was mounted, the revolver was on the inside of the turntable, not the outside. That doesn't make sense. Inside versus outside doesn't make sense, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know what they did, but, you know, Mystic, maybe, maybe it was just wired backwards. Maybe they had done something. Maybe it got installed upside down. Yeah, because I think within... Similar time frame, I had taken a phone or I'd taken a text uh, from Nick was uh, subbing in up up there at Mystic, and he was like rewiring encoders because he was finding that the polarity was all cockamamie. Which honestly could just be because uh. like you know <laughs> back in two thousand six when I built those things that I screwed it up. It's not necessarily anything they did there too, but like there, I think there was some specificity between encoder and revolver on those motor um. phase and encoder phase. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, whatever whatever it turned out to be, also fortunately, not only did they send the encoder, but they they sent what they called or what was labeled the magic cable. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a better name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for for anybody who cares about it, it's a crossover cable so we could change the direction of the encoder counts. But like and so, you know, once we got all this done, you know, this guy got his turntable moving and and we never spoke again so my either either it burned up or it went it's fine like, so because nobody made it out of there alive but that's right <laughs> it just started spinning as fast as it could and it killed everybody <laughs> yeah um but yeah so i mean you know it's just like oh my god like what a bonkers fall and we're not even done like um so i think this next one i think the next one is uh, almost the end of it here is like this was a monster. 
and I don't know if we talked about it at all yet, but it was a 40 foot diameter uh, turntable with this big giant steel art structure on top of it. And um, somebody, some, some like badass metal fabricator, steel fabricator out in Wisconsin, I think built the turntable frame and they like, they built a shit out of it from the looks of it. You know I mean? It's like all big steel I-beam, you know, all manner of good stuff. Like, yeah, no, it's really nicely made. Yeah. And, um, and so I think, you know, we got, so what did they come? They started out this thing with us and they said it was going to be like 10,000 pounds or. Well, yeah, I was trying to find the exact number because it wasn't, it was never quite that low. Um, this is was a the thing table was 10. Yeah. I'm trying to find this here. Um, we'll edit all this out. This is great podcasting. This is where I look through base camp. Okay. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that was excellent. It was some excellent timing. <laughs> so, uh, cause this was like, uh, Nicole had sold a rental, um, to the project and originally they wanted a rotator but we didn't have any or we still don't have any rotators in um rental we only have them barely for sale i mean it's just very hard to get parts at the moment um but we have we do have a couple that have been sold um and uh and it was a like you said 40 foot diameter turntable and she's like yeah but i'm just not sure you know if one's gonna be enough i think they're gonna need two and i was like yeah let me get on let's let's all have a sit down on the telephone and like just talk through this like what exactly we've gotten ourselves into and um <laughs> and the initial estimate was twenty two thousand pounds and i'm like i'm sorry i you broke up a little bit there did you say twenty two thousand pounds <laughs> like yeah 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 and it needs to spin slow i'm like oh spinning slow is not gonna be hard uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not gonna spin at all <laughs> not with what we got yeah exactly it's like, like glacial like you're gonna be able to measure this in ice ages how slowly this thing turns um yeah and it's like oh jesus christ that is not um i mean I, i'm not gonna say i was panicking but i was like I, two two revolvers out of stock are not gonna be enough and then honestly they were looking at like an eighth of an rpm on the turntable um so that really is a problem i mean like in terms of like we can't run the drives that low um uh, stock um and but right because they're like only a couple hertz right yeah 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 at that speed yeah yeah it was like two right yeah it was like something it was something bonkers low some bonkers and and we'd rented an entire control package like spike mark and everything we get on the you know talking with the folks that are doing the project and obviously like we're just providing the motorization there's a whole very fancy very intricate kind of sculpt sculptural element on top of this turntable that happens to weigh about the amount of a small building and and um I'm like well what's the queuing you know like why what are we doing and like oh no it just has like turn on and spin all day it's like oh god we should definitely get spike mark out of the mix like the last thing we want is like take some, this out some accurate positioning like we just <laughs> right. want this to turn on and go um that'll be a good enough and uh so we're like well we should, let's get let's we'll definitely send two but we're gonna plan on four but we're a little up against it because we are out of rentals. Cause I mean, as this list is 
suggesting like we we there are a lot of turntables out there and we're out of stock on rentals and normally we would just make some more but the world is kind of shut down so it's hard to get motors so we're anyway all that to say we're a little constrained but we start putting it together like actually i think we can get like two out for the shop test out in the middle of the country and then by the time it comes to the new york area for kind of integration testing we should have two more available so we'll plan everything for four but maybe we won't need all four and we'll gear down the revolvers we'll swap the chain stage on the bottom um and uh yeah that's our best yeah (laughs) and i I got nothing else i mean like what that's that's the best we can do and so we talked to the fab company about like you know making um which never really came to fruition right mike like but originally they were going to make like four different mounting positions for the revolver um but that got scrapped i think at some point i mean there were four stands okay there were four stands so in the end there were four steel stands they were just you know but not from had... the fab company right or am i wrong no they they were from the fab company yeah oh, okay. i think the um so where did the ratchet straps and pallets come in why did that uh so the first day was <laughs> <laughs> for the art, that was, art. <laughs> that was part of it that was part of it <laughs> yeah those were from the fab company yeah they were just masking the steel underneath we needed a place to store them um a little no cladding. i think yeah, cladding. So when I went out there, when I went out to Jersey to go test to, to go tech it the first time, they uh, that those mounts were on the missing truck. Oh, so I see. they were like like you know two thirds of the art and the mounting stands were were on a truck somewhere between the middle of country and the east coast. Cool. And so when we got back. They had four stands, four steel stands on legs that still, we still used ratchet straps. Which I'm not, you know, I don't know. I think I'm I don't turn. Yeah. I, like, I did I, it. I don't really turn my nose up at that, actually. Like, I've, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've, I've done a lot of ratchet strapping yeah. with machines into things. Right. Um, yeah. As you told the story, like, and then I got the ratchet straps and I was like, yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Keep yeah. Going. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's not that crazy. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, the four machines. We went to two to oneing, and then the but the bigger thing, uh, at least from the outtake of that first um, output from that first meeting, was like definitely don't want to do spike mark control. And I was like, I think we want to do kind of well, just a dumb box, like something that's just got a drive, like a twenty horsepower drive and five outputs. And we actually happen to have a twenty horsepower drive sitting on the shelf. So, um, so I talked to Cody about it. Because we'd been, you'd done designed a lot of that stuff recently, similar things. Yeah, yeah, we had just recently done a lot of multi-motor single VFD uh, lifts uh, for those, and so I thought, I mean, this is just lateral moves, so that's no problem. We can do that. Uh, um, yeah, we had a couple of conversations about like, well, what about interlocking all the brakes and stuff? I'm like, I don't think we need to do that. Yeah, I started with, (laughs) like, yeah, I had kind of, like, pulled up one of the other ones, the other schematics, and just kind of started as that, and, like, started gutting away stagehand bits, and I was like, yeah, yeah, and then we got the, like, I looked at the bomb, there was, like, you know, four brake contactors, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, blah, 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 and then, like, it's like, oh, yeah, we can just get rid of all of that extra <laughs> <Right>. braking <laughs> monitoring and right yeah we'll do dual brake probably could have gone even further monitored. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i was like 
Oh yeah, yeah. Because like at that point, if one of the brakes fails, it's probably gonna overtemp the other ones anyways. So <laughs> like, right, probably fine. Right. Or burn through it, whatever. Flat spot the wheel. Uh, yeah. So it was it was just a a NEMA enclosure with a twenty horsepower drive. There was something interesting about that. Oh, we went cam tails in. Cam in, yeah. Uh, cam in. Branch circuit um, protection. Which right worked out. On, right on there. Which right. Nice. Yep. So you didn't have to have anything else. You nice. could just to, like, come right into the thing with your with your tails and not have to have another yeah. distro or something upstream. Right. We, we did need cam turnarounds. Well. <laughs> oh, Duh. Well. <laughs> Obvi. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah, and because it was supposed to go outside at some point too, so there was kind of like a how much weatherproofing, how not weatherproof, like right. little conversation. Ultimately, it was like this thing is not waterproof. Do not leave this outside. Uh, <laughs> this is basically NEMA one. Yeah, this is NEMA one. Yeah, it's a, it's a NEMA four enclosure, but we poked a lot of holes in it, so I wouldn't I wouldn't trust that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we pulled this sticker off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, in the end, one drive with thermal overtemps with a little bit of variance on the, you know, oh, like right in the range, right at plus, I think 20%, minus 20% around five of the five horsepower machines was, was, is pretty sweet for those kind of multi-motor moves that you really just need one V want one VFD for. Um, so it, it does seem like it keeps popping up too. So watch this space. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know because like ideally with all the previous unit the things we talked about like you know just keep ganging on um revolvers like that works to an extent except for when one fails or you know that and the drive has no idea yeah if one of them over temps there's not a cutoff for it there's no thermal on protection on the single motor right right yeah and then you just get all of the voltage you know trying to get that one motor to move twice the you know the load on it and yeah, that can go badly. Yeah, although not such a big deal if you're doing a f two five horses off of one five horsepower drive, right? Because it's, which is often what we are doing. So it's like mm -hmm. it's already it's already set to to trip at one output, uh, exceeding the current rating of a single five horsepower. Because we can't usually generate really five horsepower worth of output and transmit it through the friction wheel, right? But very different when you've got four. I mean, if, well, if you had even two five horses driving off of a 10 horse, or in this case, four or five horses driving off a 20 horse, like you could send 20 horsepower worth of current through one five horsepower motor and motor. torch it. Yeah. Right. And quite literally, like light something on fire, potentially, <laughs> if you don't have yeah thermal protection in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which would be yeah, bad. That goes in the back. That column. would be bad. That yeah. goes in the back column. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have any of those problems this fall, and we'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think you were having problems before. Uh, yeah. Have right. you heard of fire? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and then uh, ultimately it was just uh, using the VFD um, and some push buttons and an e-stop uh, all going right into the 800, which was pretty sweet, you know, the stagehand is cool and we do a lot of cool stuff with it getting into the stagehand card and getting that really nice motion but then it is always kind of nice to just take a step back for a second and go oh yeah the actually the 800 is also still pretty cool like yeah it could yeah. do a lot of cool stuff right in it and when you wire it the way they want you to it just it's crazy yes yeah. like like if you take the path of least resistance it just works yeah it just works yeah 
And it was good to have a moment to be like, oh, this is totally not the right application for our normal control gear. We just want to have, mm -hmm. you know, the last thing we want to do is create more tech support headache about trying to position this thing or position faulting or writing an all day queue. Like it doesn't need any of that. Like turn it on. Right. right. Yeah. And that was, that was what they enjoyed. There was a dude sitting in a chair right in front of the box. Yeah. Babysit that button like a champ. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right until it didn't spin anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it turns out that even with all those things, like gearing him down, putting four of them on there, still not enough. It was still not enough. Yeah. And it was, there. they had some challenges when they were putting this crazy big sculpture thing on top of it. And, um, and they, they, there was a, there was some flexing in the turntable structure. Oh, because just to interject, like before that, it had been in the shops out in the middle of the country and had a ton of weight. I mean, many tons of weight loaded on it. Yeah, I had like they threw like 10,000 pounds worth of plate weight on top of it and spun it with two revolvers, like no problem. And uh, and so then, you know, get here and start, you know, start teching it together. And they put they put a deck on top of it that was three layers of plywood a whole bunch of LEDs, uh, a whole bunch of sound stuff, a pie, like an enormous num amount of cable. And then all of this, all this crazy giant eight inch steel tube, bent steel tube, which was really cool. I mean, it was very heavy, but it's like <laughs> really the, the fab shop did a really cool job on it. Yeah. I can't wait until we can share some pictures. Um, and, uh, it looks really neat in the end. It was, you know, it was very awesome. But like, but when, I think when they were putting it all together, you know, it's just like, just the way things shook out, something got bent and then they ended up having to do, so like at the outer drive edge, not where the revolvers were, but at the first, at the first, uh, the first set of casters inside the edge, um, the, uh, that whole, that plate just got bent. And so we were watching this, you know, we were watching this thing spin around and it was like basically every time it got to some casters it was it was rising up and sinking back down again like like an inch and a half up and down <clears throat> um and you know and it worked for a little while but then but then basically like every time it hit you know it hit a caster it hit a group of casters the drive wheels were spinning and so they were peeling off the texture that got that got put on the edge for grip. And so like, you know, it worked for a couple of hours and then all of a sudden it stopped working and it just couldn't, you know, we could get it to work better if we made it go faster, but they didn't want it to go faster. And so we like, we struggled a bunch with that. We retentioned wheels, you know, we retentioned the revolvers. We did a whole bunch of other stuff. And then I think, and then we got it to work again. And then the following day, I think it was the second day that I went out there. It just completely fucking stopped. Like it just wouldn't get past one position. And I was like, well, this isn't great. You know, like this is getting worse the longer we're using it. <clears throat> um, and we ended up, so we geared down like almost two to one on the, on the chain stage on these revolvers. And then we, then, then we've replaced the eight inch drive wheels with six inch wheels and we got it to work. Basically it ran long enough for the ultimate end client to see it and be happy with it. And then, and, but it was like on the edge of, it was on the verge of, of not working again by the end of that client presentation day. It was, 
it was a little crazy. Um, yeah, which I mean, thankfully, like everyone knew at that point, it's like, like we got to make it through this milestone, and there's got to be more work done to figure out like how to make the rest of this stout enough to handle the load, right? Wasn't that the the vibe? Yeah, that was totally the vibe. And you know, there were a lot of comments and questions about like being concerned again in this on this one about being concerned about the caster noise, and so like, why would they use you know some like big steel wheels or something? I was like man like you can't hear anything over the sound like all the music and the you know the effects and whatever is going on and then add into that the creaking and the groaning of this like triple plywood lid there's you're never going to hear anything like put some big steel wheels on there let's yeah 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 totally right stop yeah we gotta we gotta take advantage of all the horsepower we have we can't scrub some of it off to friction yeah yeah and uh and so, but I think it's going to be coming back around at some point after they do some work to it. So I think we might end up, you know, I think that, I think the intention is to do some work to the turntable and then set the whole thing back up again. Um, and before they take it out for its, you know, public debut. So, and uh, yeah, I mean, like they put the, all the art we got put on it. We're in this like big giant old warehouse and they had cranes inside and you know it was like it was some serious shit going on <laughs> to put it all yeah. together what thing looks beautiful though i mean it, it is a really stunning piece I, but yeah yeah but that yeah very very custom very custom a lot of lights a lot of sound a lot of scenery a lot of fancy high you know high-end finish stuff it was cool yeah, and there was some question even after the fact. I mean, start they started with wanting a, a rotator, which thank God that wasn't the that didn't go that way because that that definitely would not have worked. No, and and you've got nothing. You can't put a second one on, you know, um, with a center drive machine like that. But the um, even after the fact, there was a brief conversation like, "Hey, would it have been better to center drive?" And it's like, I it, it it's so terrifying to me to put that much torque in the center of a thing. It's like, yeah, you could design the machine to produce it, but like, what then? You know, what you start ripping apart, right? Uh, like that, you know. You, you put 20 horsepower in the center, we could make it work. You know, you put 50 horsepower in the center, it'll definitely, something's going, something will move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the spider underneath, right? Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it reminds me, I don't know, have I, I may have told the story on the podcast previously, so forgive me if I have, but Adrian and I once were out back in his shop for stage machines and we were testing a, he had a hydraulic center drive turntable for a, uh, I think it was for a Lincoln car show. And so we had like a navigator up on the, you know, an SUV up on the uh, turntable. And it was a um, center drive, wheels up, um, three layers of plywood, frameless turntable uh, sitting on the asphalt. And <laughs> we're testing it. Oh, I smell where this is going. <laughs> We'd been bouncing it around and things were looking good, whatever, whatever. And then we try to run a queue and it's, it kind of hesitates for a second. And then it was the, <laughs> the turntable was totally stationary, but there was a ton of noise that something was definitely moving. And there was like a whizzing sound by our feet. And you start to feel shit rubbing against your ankles. And you realize like, oh my God, the spider is moving. And it's just like the navigator is totally stationary and the spider is winding itself up and sucking the HPU in by the hoses. Oh God, oh God. <laughs> As it's going. Like, ah, you stop, you stop, you stop, you stop. 
<laughs> so yeah, something's gonna move. <laughs> and sometimes it'll be the piece. Yeah. <laughs> it, it may be the piece. Yeah, it may yeah. be. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I think I you know, I I think that I think that we have we have gotten past the idea of a center drive at least. So now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a it was a short conversation, but I mean everyone totally understood the point. But it's just like sometimes yeah, it's a it's like Yes, we all want it to move, but the problem is not like where we put the power. The problem is why does it take so much power? You know, and it, like there is a the downside of friction drive stuff is always that it can slip. But sometimes the upside of the friction drive is that it can it slip. It can slip, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so you're not like yeah. just destroying teeth on gears or doing something else really catastrophic. It's like it just slips a little bit. Yeah. Well, and just also like on a troubleshooting path of doing this the second time, it's like. Cool. Now we know what the problems are with the friction drive on the outside and how to fix it. And then to pick the solution that's like, and let's go for the sea of unknown of driving <laughs> right. it from the center. Yes, exactly. yes. Uh, I think there might be a, a more measured approach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the typical, yeah. Like first step in troubleshooting is only change one thing. Right. It's like, don't, right. like now let's throw all that out and start over. You're like, oh boy. Yeah. Now we don't know <laughs> what's going to yeah, be awful. Something, surely. <laughs> it's always something, yes. It's never like, that's pisser. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, as I was like staring at the right, like just to kind of go back, this is very like wacky. This is the first, I don't know, this fall, right? There's two, we had two turntables with multiple machines running it. And both of those turntables, we did like all, we pulled on that giant monster turntable, we pulled all the tricks out of our, out of our sleeve on that one, right? Like, we two to one the gear stage. We put in a smaller drive wheel. There was nothing else to do. We did four. Yeah. And, and we only had that 20 horsepower drive lying around because of like the, uh, <laughs> of another time we were ganging motors together when we were doing the Mamma Mia lift years ago, right? We were trying to do dual tens and we we're like, wasn't sure if mm -hmm. we were going to do group motion or one right. drive. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank goodness we made that decision then. Yeah. That's, yeah. Now it's into a, a thing that makes money. <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting now i mean this is kind of an aside but like looking at those sorts of effects i feel like within the past year or so we've for turntables and for lifts we just keep ganging motors together and i think the comfort level like at least from our term our team internally has grown a lot too so it, it it's it's kind of cool yeah yeah it's definitely becoming more of a, a common solution right mm -hmm. yeah when we hit the five horsepower limit and we're like, this is not enough horsepower, but we can just add more motors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Between that and then like the fact that we're doing that and now we've got the 10 horsepower pro. It's like, Oh yeah. It's all starting to grow a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have the tools, right? So this last turntable, Holy shit. We got to the end. It's, uh, was, uh, we picked up some troubleshooting and some tech support with somebody who had started this show, this project, um before in the before times and uh and they were just about to begin tech and then um and then uh, and then the world shut down so you know there it was um and so they came back but now of course right there's a new there's a new tech there's a new tv involved and um you know and uh digging into what's going on and running into um and running into some problems that we've chased down since that um since that turntable got 
installed and it's like positioning and drive wheel slippage and a whole bunch of other crazy stuff. And in the end we came around to like, it took like, I don't know about a week and basically just offering to do an onsite call um, to do an onsite call to try and help troubleshoot it, to have, to, to kind of bring that to the end and to get, to get to the place where it was actually running and working. It was, but man, it was like, it was a long path of trying to explain to, in this particular case, somebody who is kind of not technical. It has no no automation background or experience about like what was going on and what path to take and like why you were seeing this problem. Um, we fortunately got there, uh, which is great. Um, and without going there. And without going there, which is even better. <laughs> Because they were like, well, you could be in any time before 10 in the morning because we have to have the place closed for COVID protocols for the cast to be on stage. It's like, well, well, that doesn't. That's not much time. If I yeah, it's not me. much time and it's not getting cheaper. So, um, so yeah. So anyway, it was, it's been a long fall of chaos and, and kind of, you know, seeing big challenges with like, with turntables. I mean, with a lot of things, but turntables have been have been um definitely present in my my field of view and um and seeing the, the how the kind of the through line of like what is going on with these problems it's like it may not be the machine it may be that we're struggling with some you know some turntables that were just built insufficiently or poorly or you know maybe not the greatest choices of wheels or we've got you know, the installation of some turntable that was built by a TD some years ago, that that TD is no longer there, but they're still putting it in and using it. But, you know, running into these like installation issues that, um, that are basically kind of coming back to, you know, cause a lot of headaches and stop tech and, you know, delay, delay openings. And so, right. yeah, it's right. Cause there <laughs> like, is a, you know, like somebody, the, the, the TD who originally designed it that, you know, had some very intimate knowledge of exactly like the, where the bodies were buried in that design or, you know, just whatever was critical to make sure that the thing worked right. And if, as they move on, if that's not handed down or just not kind of ingrained in the next TD taking up the mantle, it's like you might, it, it's harder. I mean, it's totally frustrating for the end user, right? Where they're like, I don't know, we used this turntable for five years and it was fine. You know, it's like, yeah, but the revolver hasn't changed in five years either. So what, you know, the, right. They're not that we're trying to slough off onto the customer about it at all. It's, you know, everyone's just trying to get the show working, but you're like, yeah, but something is different and I don't think it's the machine. Right. Um, it's not the motor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I like what, <laughs> how you phrase that. of like, you know, the whole thing is really the machine, right? Yeah. The, the, the turntable's part of the machine um and it's you know it kind of has to be built like a machine not so much like a piece of scenery right yeah skirts that line anyway it's a it's a kind of a so you know i guess you know if you're having some challenges out there you're not alone don't worry feel free to give us a shout yeah (laughs) absolutely oh for sure like we'll send that right to voicemail <laughs> Not true. We'll send it to Zap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's his nickname. <laughs> Zap Turntable at Elkerton. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Anyway, it's yeah, it's, it's so there we are. But that was well. I think all this is kind of interesting because like it's on the backdrop too. If we just wrapped up Product Summit, 
right? Our first annual product summit where we got together and we really hashed through some ideas about what are the things we want to work on for the coming year. And I think of it personally, I thought it was great. Like it was really um, illuminating to, to have, um, you know, it's basically design and sales um, getting together and talking about like, how are we going to tackle what's the next challenge? What's the next opportunity? Um, which is kind of two sides of the same coin, right? It's like, what are our, where do we see customers having needs? And is there an opportunity for us to fill that need? And obviously we're a commercial company, so that means money for us, but also hopefully, you know, value for the customer. Um, and turntables obviously came right up to the top of that list, right? Because we've, we have been seeing a ton of turntables and it's like, the revolver machine is somewhat evergreen. I mean, like we, we, we produce a lot of revolvers. There's a lot of turntables at, um, but we are seeing, I think, I don't know. I'm not interested to hear other interpretations of this, but it's like, I think that there's also a little bit less tolerance for um, fidgetiness of, you know, getting a turntable to work, right? Like that there's a yeah. lot more of like, I just want to drop this thing in and get it to go, you know? Yeah. And I think that there's, um, you know, positioning is a big problem, right? The dancer wheel on the on the revolver has never been like the world's best way to measure um, position off of a turntable. It's just the most convenient. Yeah. But it's um, right. It's universality, like of just plugging onto the end edge of your whatever your turntable is. Like especially for us that we're just bringing the revolver to the to the th to the show. It's like it's pretty hard to beat. But is it, are, are we past that point now? Are we now past that point, right? Because it's like, yeah. the, it does take some f f some fidgeting with to get that thing to read really, really nicely, you know? And it's a lot of like match marks with tape and running the thing back and forth and checking and shimming and like make sure that those things are totally planar and running well and that your seams are really filled and, you know, and if you're not up for that challenge, like that's, it's not a, it's not a great solution, you know? Um, so there was, anyway, one of the things that we, that, uh, I actually personally proposed to the group was like, what if we started making turntables, right? Because we see a lot of problems with turntables. There's obviously pain out there in the market. Um, we could make a complete turntable. There's some limitations in terms of size, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and I think it was pretty resounding. Like that's not really a good use of, you know, our skill. And we wouldn't be able to do it at a cost-effective price point that people could really afford. Um, so let's not make the whole turntable. Like right now, we just make the machine. But jumping all the way to like, let's make a turntable is probably not the right choice either. Because then we're building a lot of decks and stuff that other people definitely could do cheaper than we could. Um, so there's some thoughts about taking on other chunks of the pie, as it were. Yeah, I think, I think it was an interesting conversation too, especially because we had, I mean... Technically, we do make a turntable. When I say a, I mean literally one, uh, the twelve foot one <laughs> that we put in the booth uh, for USITT a few years ago, um, which is like Cadillac. Like it's got some really awesome features, but is just doesn't really fill the needs of our customers. It's very expensive point. and it's very small, right? Yeah, it's twelve foot in diameter and it's like fifty grand or something, right? It's yeah, which is not like a money. It, it, even at that price, it's not like, and we're fat with cash. You're like, no, we, it's, it's a very expensive right. to make turntable. Right. The very really slim margin. Slick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think your point that, of your proposal was like, well, what if we went lower 
and then the feedback from sales was like it would have to be way lower. way lower i'm like oh i don't think and they're like and it's got to have a bunch of sizes and it's gonna be like oh yeah that maybe that yeah never mind the we path. can't do that right because yeah. i think the the exact number was like you know from sales is like it's got to be fifteen thousand dollars or less and it's like oh yeah that's not gonna happen mm -hmm. like i don't you know it's eight thousand dollars worth of casters <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah and yeah I mean, like you think about like just from my old scenic days, like if you make a weird shaped platform, that's like a $2,000 platform. And like there, there's eight of them. <laughs> right. So that's like 16 yeah. grand. You know? Right. Like, okay, no wheels. No wheels. No <laughs> or wheels. Center. Nor, no center. Yeah. No drive right so, edge. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was another idea of like, well, what, you know, anyway, so the thing that's most curious to me and i'm i'm super interested in hearing back from listeners too like about what you think would be the most useful thing for us to produce but the, my current bee in my bonnet after you know hearing that feedback yesterday is like what if we made just the center like we make the center and we make the drive machine you know, the revolver it's still the revolver we make the center and we you know a slew ring in there and we put an encoder on it so you can center encode um and maybe that's optional so if you don't want to you know if you're doing it well i don't know anyway i'm not i'm not sure that's optional or not um i don't but, think it is yeah i think we send it yeah okay so not optional sorry retract that <laughs> not optional well i think the i think the encoding is like as i'm sure mike and anyone that answers the tech support calls is a big massive part of the struggle i mean uh wheel engagement and getting sure like making sure that you're actually spinning the turntable but like even once that's working like getting that counting well and the driver the dancer wheel not messing up i feel like is a lot of the problem yeah no, that's fair i guess i was yeah no that's, that's fair i i was thinking like if you didn't you know if you're already satisfied with your encoding solution you maybe mm -hmm. didn't need that but maybe that but that's yeah never mind not that scratch that take it away um so put an encoder in there and and then there's still all the crap between right like you've still got the i think the spider is really important i think the decks are really important i think the drive edge is really important but they're all made of materials that most scene shops can handle fine it's like wood steel wheels like it's not that much stuff that you really need like a machine builder to make for you um but i think but then i think the interesting po point there is like okay but we still need to help with that because there are people who are struggling with those things. So what if we instead kind of came up with a reference design and then gave that away of like, here's the construction prints for a one. We just do a single size, you know, and you, it's up to you to shrink it to fit or whatever. But if we did like a 20 foot turntable, here's the reference design for a 20 foot turntable. Here's how you could build your spider. Here's how you integrate that with our pivot. Here's how you integrate that with a revolver and you can adapt this as you see fit. Or if this fits your need exactly, you could just use it, you know? And um, I don't know. That's, that's my like today's thinking of how do we do this? How do we address all things? Like we're trying to get something that solves all of these problems and is like a commercially viable product. And like, I don't, if the turntable is not the thing, could it just be the center? And then we provide the information about how you do the rest of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think it's an interesting approach. Uh, I would be interested to hear from folks like if if we design this turntable and we say this is how we think you should make the turntable 
some folks will just be like that's awesome give me that dwg i'd like to make that and they'll click print and make it in their scene shop but i'm kind of curious if then if they're like cool will you make that for us <laughs> why we wouldn't uh but you know yeah i mean i think probably for all the same reasons that we wouldn't when we were you know it's like because it's probably too expensive you know yeah like us doing it is you know probably not the right thing but I also think that maybe there's an t- opportunity there for us to have a, you know, like we have relationships with scene shops, right? Mm-hmm. And like, could we partner with one of our closer scene shops to say like, hey, would you guys make these turntables, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's a better out. Yeah. Where it's like, they're already set up for that kind of fab. Right. Because that was a, that was actually Cody, like you had that specific point. I don't think it during product summit, but earlier of like, yeah, is this really us? Like, are we really fab ready to have that? literally that volume of Mm -hmm. stuff to make right yeah yeah that much stuff yeah i don't know no that was that was part of our conversations about it uh because i i feel like i've i've found myself on both sides of when you were like i think we should make a turntable and i was like "Ah, i don't know and now i'm like i don't know if we should make a turntable i'm like "Ah, i don't know (laughs) so so i mean maybe i'm just a skeptic at heart but connor i just uh, think you're wrong wrong. whatever side you're on you're just kind of wrong a little wrong i just think you're very persuasive and then i'm like stuck i'm like oh no he was right i'm wrong and then you're like change gears on me i'm like wait what you convinced me (laughs) what the hell connor I just took the feedback. I was like, I think we should build turntables. Everyone's like, that's a fucking terrible idea. I'm like, okay, I guess that's a terrible idea. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. wrong. Yeah. But I do think there's maybe some, I mean, because you were saying, like, obviously, from your days at Hudson, right? Like, you guys made a ton of turntables. Big ones. Big ones. Yeah. Big ones with rings and centers and 120-foot ring. And, yeah, lots of turntables, uh, big and small. And... Yeah, it's no it's no small feat to do it. I mean, they are very good at doing it. Um, but they're tooled up to do it, you know, like two to three guys on uh benders like bending the rings and then like the most badass welders like <laughs> welding these frames for days and days and days and days and then, you know, crews of four to six folks setting it up. Um and so it's like yeah, it's pretty to make a good one and to make it and do it well it's like it's it's not um i mean those had like pretty specific like touring or quick load ins and you know lots of for broadway and other pretty large-scale events so it it is a bit on a different level but it's still quite a bit to do it and do it well right yeah 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 so maybe we shouldn't make them (laughs) (laughs) nice Yeah, if there's one thing I hate doing is doing it well. So I don't think I want to sign up for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, if, if anyone else out there, uh, I mean, I think everyone else on this podcast has already heard me fucking ad nauseum talk about turntables, so I'll shut up about it. But the, if anyone out there listening is like, you know what would be really cool is if you guys could make X for the turntable, or if you like this the sound of this idea, and you're just like, that sounds awesome, make a pivot, give us some drawings. If that sounds good to you, um, it would be it would be great to hear any feedback from the world because um, these things are you know uh, it's o- it's always hard to know it's hard to know what should what should we make who knows maybe nothing <laughs> probably not nothing that's gonna be hard but no, yeah. you know yeah I won't agree with you on that one I don't know have you heard my whole pitch let me get let me get a- <laughs> <laughs> all right let me grab another beer <laughs> let me get you some whiskey nothing <laughs> it's the new something yeah yeah.
or the new something is nothing. Maybe that's. I it. can't yeah. wait to put my end of day. What did I work on today? I designed nothing, nothing as instructed. As instructed. <laughs> exactly. Part of the new ethos. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was my turntable rant. I don't know, Mike. Do you have any thoughts on that? You just you didn't really have any thoughts on that during Product Summit either. You're uh, like, eh, clam it up. Well, I think that you know, I I mean, I think the thing, I think to do it, I think to do it well and to have enough of a to have enough of a breadth of sizes and you know and abilities like I, I think I agree it's not it isn't really in our wheelhouse although I I mean I would like to do it I think like I think it would be cool if we did it I just don't know that that's actually the right thing and I you know to the to your point of the center like that's something that Pete and I had talked about several times about like could we make a center could we make a piece could we make these you know, components that we sell. And I think the center, you know, I think like, I think having the center with the encoder is killer. And I think that would be great. And I hadn't, until you mentioned it, I hadn't really given the consideration to like, you know, making a design that is fully fleshed out and say like, here it is. Um, But I think that's also a, you know, I think that's, I think that's an excellent approach to kind of help to help the you know help folks who are maybe struggling with what it is and how to build it and how to build it successfully. So, you know, I I like the idea of the components. I think that's more of, you know, what we can do like the center specifically. Um and, you know, and and offering up the idea of a design, you know, what what is this design? I think that's pretty awesome. I think the center's cool. I, I'm also interested about the encoding from the center which I'm sure as we get into design and things like that of just I mean similar it's just resolution woes and you know up to you know 30 foot turntables or 20 foot turntables with the encoder at the center if we're going to get weird lash slop you know how 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 we decide to do it I think is going to be pretty important to make it easy to deploy a reasonable size and also good resolution output but I think it would be a pretty badass product yeah yeah well maybe we'll find out maybe not maybe we'll who knows cool Looks like we get some uh, other miscellaneous tech stuff. Oh yeah, I guess uh, if I think last we sp- uh, last we spoke was pre-holiday season. I think Christian and I both were on the camera hunt. Me a little hotter. Christian had more. No, he knew what he wanted. And he was just waiting. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted. Well, I kind of didn't know what I wanted. Yeah, but you kind of. Uh, did. I kind of did. I kind of did. What did you end up with? Uh, I think a day after we recorded the last podcast, I ordered the Sony A7C. Um, nice. And yeah, and it is awesome. It is badass. It is my first mirrorless camera. It's my first full frame camera. Uh, nice. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's sweet. Yeah, and then because you were also up in the shop at that time, so I even got to see it in person. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty badass like yeah so i got it with the 50 millimeter 1.8 um and then the next day after i got it after playing with that (laughs) lens i or maybe same day i maybe it was the next day uh was it i thought it was the same day it was probably the same day i think it was same day i mean it was that night oh yeah yeah yeah, right yeah it came at like 1 p.m and then at like 6 p.m i was in a best buy so (laughs) (laughs) um and i bought the 20 millimeter 1.8 yeah that uh, that, that looked which like is that, super that was a nice one yeah that yeah that is a pretty baller lens and like 
yeah it's it's just awesome like on the full frame get the full real output out of the lens it's it's pretty sweet and then i also well (laughs) in a funny world i went (laughs) i got back to new york i went with a uh, for a walk with my girlfriend and our dog and snapped a bunch of photos did some like street photography stuff went we like live right on the hudson river so i was like taking some photos of the george washington bridge i was just totally loving it and uh tried to do a couple like videos of bucket running around and then i was like oh man you know what i need i need a gimbal because <laughs> i got to play with garrett's <laughs> uh-huh, up at the uh-huh. shop and i was like that thing's badass but it's too expensive I, I that's stupid i shouldn't get one of those uh well on that walk i realized i needed a new camera uh, a new strap and like a little something to hold my second lens and like the accessories because right. like mm-hmm. I don't I think I have yet enough for a full camera bag, but I have more than a pocket full. Right. Um, so I like went to B and H like you do. And first uh, mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I was looking for, I knew I wanted the peak design strap. Like, and I was just waiting to see if, uh, Allie had gotten it for me for Christmas. Cause it was on my little list. I sent her, uh, <laughs> and the note I taped to the fridge. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to buy this for myself. If you want to buy it for me, it's a great gift because I really want it. And she was like, I buy you other stuff. And I was like, cool. I will buy it for myself then. <laughs> That's not a problem. Uh, and then while I was on B&H, I also got a little like a little miniature camera bag from from Hex something. I don't know. It's cool. It it holds exactly what I need. It's I mean, it's a glorified fanny pack, but they call it a satchel. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice. And then I hit the dastardly daily deals button. Oh, and oh. that'll get you. <laughs> that'll get you, man. <laughs> and uh, and so there was a the Manfrotto two twenty. Uh, they have a stupid name for it, but the Manfrotto gimbal was on sale for like a hundred and eighty dollars off. Wow! So I got wow. it for like one forty. Whoa! Yeah, which I was like, this is crazy. This is, <laughs> I was like. I definitely didn't want to spend three hundred dollars on a gimbal, and so I didn't. I spent one hundred and forty dollars <laughs> on a gimbal. How uh, is it? And then it's cool. It's great. It's got um so different from yours because you have the was the DJI Ronin. Yeah, the Ronin. Yeah. Ronin SC. So it's like the it's an SC. older, smaller model. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that one's cool. It's got the little like four like the little joystick. Yeah. Um, which is cool. This one has a little screen on it uh, that gives you some feedback. And then it's got a little joystick that kind of just slides. It doesn't really tilt. So I think it's just like there's only one speed. Like you go to the left and it's not on like an encoder. It's just zero or one, like Uh, pan left, mm -hmm. pan right. And you can adjust the speed on the screen, which isn't as good. But it also has like a side knob that's like... um, probably like an inch and a quarter it's like a pretty big knob that's got a fair bit of resistance on it so that's just for like pan well you can set it to do any one of the motions for like up down left right um and so it's pretty sweet for like for up down it you can just kind of do it on your thumb so like as you do those like low sweeping shots like you get a pretty nice feedback on just that single axis um and then it only moves that single axis and you don't have to worry about yeah, like kind of kicking it, rolling like it. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I really like it. It's really cool. Uh, 
all of that was delivered the day after I got my positive test. (laughs) So (laughs) I sat in my little quarantine room in the bedroom and just like (laughs) filmed the wall. (laughs) Oh, no. This is my perfect bag for going out with my lens. Let me take it to that side of the room. So uh, yeah, so those are, those were my those were my my nabs since we last spoke, uh, and I'm pretty happy with it. It's pretty pretty cool. Camera's pretty great. Like we took some pretty cool shots while you were up here of the uh, the lift that you're about to go install, right? Like, yeah, so, yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. It's pretty sweet with that 20 millimeter lens. It was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have yet to edit those because I was <laughs> stuck in the bedroom that didn't have my Mac Mini. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right after you left, Harry was like, hey, man, could you take some video? I'm like, oh, I think Cody did. He's like, yeah, I don't think he's going to get it to me in time. Today. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I went out and took a couple of videos with my little stormtroopers. Yeah. Yours look good, too. Yeah, they look okay. They look okay. But, like, you and I had spent a fair amount of time working (laughs) on those shots. Yeah. And then I was, yeah, I mean. It, they look good. They, they were totally fine for both sending to the client and then doing a little Instagram. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, but I look forward to the, the good ones. Yeah, I'm excited. So we're going, going out to Vegas next week for that lift install, and uh, I'm definitely bringing all of it, and we'll see some awesome, some red rocks. and That sounds like it's going to be Vegas good. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Also for the work bit and seeing my family, the cameras. Mostly the camera, though. Mostly the camera, yeah. But Christian, you also pulled the trigger on something. I did. I finally I bought it the A seven four, and it's uh, and then also the lenses and stuff. But it's showing up on Tuesday. I ordered Ooh. it. I don't know the first week in January, something like that. Yeah, like and, a week or two ago. Yeah, we- yeah. And this week, it's like every day a different piece has been showing up. So at this point, I now have everything except the camera. Oh. And it's just sitting here taunting me at my desk. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, oh, do I need to go to the shop this week? Because that Sigma lens does look pretty nice. And, it you is. know, <laughs> it is technically. Uh, I, uh, I did put it on the Stormtroopers to, oh, uh-huh. uh, to test it out. And uh, the lens is uh, both bigger and heavier than the, uh, <laughs> than the Stormtroopers. It is, it is huge. But it had that amazing, uh, that amazing bokeh. It's Ooh. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So which lenses did you get? So I have the twenty-four to seventy uh, f two eight uh, Sigma art lens. Uh huh. And then I also got the uh, the Sony, the cheap fifty millimeter one eight. You know, yeah. Two hundred dollar lens that they practically are giving away. Right. Because they're giving it away at that price. So. <laughs> yeah. I that lens I think it's it surprised me. It's pretty sweet. Um cuz I was expecting when I was going and walking around with mine to just be on the 20 the whole time. Uh-huh. And then there was a few things I wanted to get some photos of and I threw the 50 on. I was like, "Oh, you know what? Like it the bokeh on it is really nice and just yeah. creamy and like yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, 1.8 on the full frame is awesome. 50 millimeters is just yeah. it lets so much light in. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's nice. You get pretty re- pretty good shutter speeds and well and actually photos and actually even what so like when i was you know putting the cart together and everything 
I considered not doing the 50 and going with the 20 that you mm. got because that also looked awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we were playing with it here in the shop, but that's a pretty I big just, jump. Yeah. Price wise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like an extra $600 or something. And so I was yeah. like, okay, maybe just start with the 50 and the 24 to 70 and we'll yeah. go from there. Well, cause I think that's a, I think that's the right call too, especially with the starting with that Sigma. Like you can just kind of go like, yeah crank it on one side you're like oh, i wish it was a little wider or crank it the other way you know what i'm actually pretty into like portraits or something and i want really like a true 80 or you know like yeah you get a pretty good range there yeah and then on the crop sensor that i'm using now i use my 18 to whatever it goes to 50 like 50 or 18 55. to 50 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is the 24 to 70 equivalent so it should right. be a uh pretty good you know similar to right. what i've you know kind of used to at the moment so pretty right. excited for it yeah that's that's really exciting that's those are some nice nice things do you get any other accessories you just um i mean i ha- i got all the peak design like the straps and the whatnot and the you got an extra earlier but... z battery right did you get an extra z battery oh that's true i i did get an extra battery yeah I was just... and i also got the nice uh anchor 45 watt gallium charger and a and a cable to go with it and Hmm, that's nice. I mean, I can use that for for lots just of my camera, but also <laughs> yeah, my phone, my iPad. Right. Is the, the A seven four? It similarly, it doesn't come with like an independent charger for the battery, right? It's in the yeah. camera. Yeah, correct. Yeah, don't love it's that. like an extra hundred dollar piece or something like that. I looked at getting the battery charger and the an extra battery and i was like oh yeah and i'll just get those then i like looked and i was like that's like a hundred and seventy dollars or something i was like this is insane actually i think it's it's manfrotto maybe has like the dual battery Mm. charger for the sony's that also has like a like a little plate for like four double a batteries that could slot on on top oh uh that's like seventy dollars or something Mm. that That feels worth seventy dollars yeah that's what i was thinking i was like i'm probably gonna get that but but I ended up buying everything through Amazon instead of B&H because mm. Amazon had a delivery date and B&H was still just coming soon with no delivery mm. date for the camera. Uh, and Amazon didn't have the charger, so. Yeah. Well, you go through B&H for that. That's what I was thinking, you know. Yeah. Spread don't pay it out. For, don't for, pay for Bezos to go to the moon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> feel like it's too late for that so yeah he doesn't need us yeah <laughs> how about you gareth did you did you get anything cool do you do you, you cop any camera gear since we since we talked no i don't think so uh i mean i got what a are you talking about you keep, i don't know every day you have a new bnh box showing up eh, it's not really like camera gear though i mean it's it's for the it is in support of like the videos that we're continuing to produce but like the i got some photo paper like a roll of photo paper so that uh, to make a backdrop, I'm, I've moved like the little place where I'm recording the videos to be right up against the one of the office walls, and I'm going to hang photo paper there so we so I can get a cleaner shot, and then also just leave like the tripod and stuff set up so it's not quite so much set up and take down each time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I blame this one on Christian, but like we when we recorded the, <laughs> the rotator video. <laughs> He was my camera operator holding the the rotator, and he had clearly done like three lines of blow in the bathroom right before we fucking did it. Because <laughs> it was like even on a gimbal, the thing was shaky as hell. It is so shaky. <laughs> and, 
I, was, I, I got a monopod just so that like, all right, okay, when we run and gun this, like we can just have a stable foot. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of blame him. I, I think he was probably just eyeing that monopod and he was like, you know what? I'll, let's look at him. He'll, Give him a little, yeah. little shake, shake, a little jitter. <laughs> Oh, That'll drive old Connor crazy. <laughs> I mean, it works. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's uh, that's it, though, right? Because I got the photo paper and I got the mono paper. Yeah, I, I guess that was it. But so I mean, which is great. But it's you know, it's not like a new camera. It's not a new lens. It's not like yeah, yeah. I give it a couple of weeks for uh, seeing that A seven four in the shop, and we'll yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, that's impressive that you think it'll last a couple of weeks. I'm just like. Every night I'm looking at it. I'm like, no, just wait. Just I guess we gotta see it. I gotta see it at least. You gotta see it. And I mean, we did already decide you've already broken even on all the camera gear you've already purchased. Well, that's an interesting point. So this is a bit of a side tangent. Go figure. But the the like you know you you watch YouTubers right, and they're like disappointed when they only get ten thousand views on something right, and we mm -hmm. get like six hundred views. And I'm like, that's pretty great. I have traveled <laughs> across the country to present this same material to 10 hungover college students half of which are asleep in front of me like <laughs> this is not <laughs> i have there's 600 people who just clicked and watched at least six minutes of this video that is way better than my average in person so yeah i think you know it's like when you look at it that way like all that airfare and shit like yeah we're saving money left and right left and right yeah, yeah. That pendant video that got posted two three hours ago, forty one views already. Look at that. Yeah. Seven likes. One of them's mine, but seven likes. Yeah, and actually, so I've been watching the uh, analytics for it probably mm -hmm. too obsessively, but we're now trending towards the top of our uh, spread for average views. Ooh, see, it's hard not to watch those stats if you've like worked on the video and like you're posting it and stuff. Oh yeah, see, like you're number three now. Yeah. In this in this time frame, right? So you're you have already beat limit switches. That's the that's that's the crazy. That is crazy. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Limit switches are wildly popular. It's hard mm -hmm. to say why. Yeah, no, I, I do that. Every time I post a video for at least two days, I'm just like watching the stats, like, oop, another person liked it, another person watched it. But yeah. Yeah. And and all it's not like it's a ton of people. Right. It's still only 48 views, but it's right. <laughs> this one's practically viral. We got 50 views, 50 views, people. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Which if you're listening to this now and you haven't gone and checked out the pendant video, you should go check it out on our YouTube page. It is so, really. Yeah. I think you guys did a great job on that. That was I, I liked it. I, I thought I think it's really fun to see another aspect of how we do stuff. That was really good. I love it. Yeah, I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah. I'm excited to keep the series going for this product and others. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, because they only get better. Won't be for a turntable. That's for shit sure. <laughs> you say that now, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Mike, you got a new monitor, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nowhere near as cool, but. Uh, it's pretty cool, though. Isn't it like a uh, fucking 4K? And... It's yeah, it's a yeah, I got a I got a 4K monitor because I because I was an asshole and broke my other one. Um, and, a classic uh, technique. A classic yeah. technique. <laughs> That's how you get a new one. Well, you know, yeah. so then I suffered with the shitty old one because I, you know, I didn't deserve to have the new one. I was like, ah, oh, God damn it. Um, but yeah, I, I was like waffling through and I was like, I don't know, an LG, a Dell. I've always had Dell monitors. And um, 
and then talking to you, Gareth, about it, you were like the LG. You had an LG, and you were, you didn't like the color, right? Was that yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. You're um, using it right now, right in the in the shop. At the and now I'm I'm using it right now, and I'm staring at it. And I, yeah, I don't. Uh, it doesn't bother me too much. Oh, but, okay. All right. But you had it like side by side, right? Or yes, I did have it side by side with the Dell. To your yeah. nice Dell, yeah. Punishing. Yeah. Yeah, and you have the fancier Dell than I got, which is you know, and honestly, the only reason I didn't get the fancier one is because it wasn't in stock. so i don't know whichever i got like the the 500 4k dell it's it's awesome i mean you know it matches it's so much closer to my surface resolution and you know it's like almost the same height um and so it's you know it's it's great it's much it's much nicer so yeah i'm pretty excited about the 4k monitor it's the first one i've had that's a, a true 4k monitor yeah 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 I didn't have one until I like I was maybe two years ago or something when I tried out the Surface Studio for a little bit and then returned it because I was like I don't know this isn't the computer is not good enough to justify the cost but I really loved the 4K display and I was like I should just get a 4K display for my normal computer and that'll probably get me all of the enjoyment and it is really nice right like just to have that clarity of text and I don't know it's beautiful. How many 4K monitors do you have, Christian, around your desk? A couple. I have zero 4K monitors. I have one Lame. Nice Dell 1440p and two really shitty 1440p like ten dollar monitors that uh, other people $10. have ordered <laughs> that I would Jesus. not have picked. But they are not good, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, he's suffering with just the four, just the four, yeah, <laughs> only four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah f- they're like it's four 28 inch monitors and they're not good enough but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but instead of all new monitors you got a new computer i the yeah well i don't i mean how many 3080s do you have i have one a7c all right <laughs> <laughs> and i was able to actually order it <laughs> and it wasn't like ordering lobster where i didn't know what the price was gonna be like every time i look up a fucking graphics card it just says market price <laughs> so zero they have zero 3080s all right i think that wraps it up i think that's it <laughs> Uh, thanks everyone for listening uh we'll catch you next time that's goodbye for me see ya bye good night